You're listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic with Dr. Heidi, a toxic relationship specialist. Here, we bring hope, healing, and freedom to those who have been affected by toxic relationships and emotional abuse. Learn to not only recognize a red flag when you see one, but have the courage to choose yourself and move forward in a life that's free from toxic control of others. Living in an environment that's not healthy for you can cause this type of abuse to be accepted as normal. The truth is, it's not normal. It's toxic. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Heidi. And thank you for waiting. I know it's been over a week and I've had people messaging me when the next podcast is coming out. And I do have to tell you, I've kind of been holding off on this one because I wanted to make sure that this was the next one that was published. And the reason that is, is because I have an awesome guest who I'm going to tell you about in just a second. Um, But for right now, I want to make sure that you all know about the Strength Within support group on Facebook. It's a closed group. It is a very positive um, support group where you can join and you will be able to um, kind of discuss your situation with people that you don't have to explain it to and people that understand you, which is a very refreshing um, thing because as you know, toxic relationships are not, do not affect everyone. So if people, friends, family are not affected, it's very difficult for them to understand your situation. So if you're looking for an online support group, It's Strength Within, and you can ask to be added. Um, There's a couple uh, questions to be answered, and I am the one that approves those. So um, welcome. That would be a great place for you if you're looking for some support. Okay, so today I have with me um, a guest that I am very intrigued by, and his name is Joe. Hi, Joe. Hi, how are you? How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining me. And thank you for putting up with Dr. Heidi's anti-technical issues that I always have. Uh, We all have our good areas (laughs) and bad areas. Good thing Joe was the one on the other end. So I'm going to tell you how (laughs) I kind of found him. Um, I am on Instagram and I am on Facebook a lot, not a lot on my private page, but I do a lot of posting and I interact with a lot of people. Um, on my social media pages. And I'm assuming that that social media pages is how how a lot of businesses interact. But because the topic that I have to deal with, sometimes people have to be secretive. Sometimes people um, are worried about connecting through uh, messages or through email because of uh, whatever reason for a lot of privacy. So I have a lot of people that message me through my social media accounts. And when I get a new follower, I tend to, if I have time, click on it just, just to see who they are, see what they're doing, see what they do. I try to guess why they're following me. Um, and in case I can pick up on something that they may need from me. So I always try to check. And I just happened to be sitting somewhere one day when um, Joe started following me. And so I clicked to see his feed and he has one of the most inspirational and educational, inspirational feeds about toxic relationships and I think why I was so intrigued by it is he he has a particular way he writes his posts and it literally took me about four seconds to reach out to him and find out what his story was 
And so um, the minute I did that, I, I knew that I wanted to have him on the podcast. Now, a couple of different reasons. And I know, Joe, you think I'm going to talk the whole time and you're not going to get a turn, but I promise you will. Um, <laughs> I think when I started coaching in the toxic relationships, I 100% thought I was going to coach females. The reason I was going to coach females is because that's where my experience lied. Okay. And that was where I felt like I would have good examples. And I really felt like I wouldn't be the expert to coach a different gender or, you know, different type of orientation of different, um, uh, different types of relationships. You know, I didn't know if I could, if I would be as, as good as I should be on the family or the narcissistic parent or um, siblings. Uh, as it turns out, you know, a toxic person is a toxic person. And it seems like they pretty much all follow the same trend. And so now I'm five years into this and I have every type of relationship and every type of person and every type of, you know, combination that you can think of. But I do believe um, that there are, there's a lot of maybe stigma that goes along with the gender thing. And I don't mean to make anybody mad, so no offense, but you know, females talk. In fact, somebody told me yesterday that females use eight times the amount of oxygen males do because we talk so much. (laughs) I don't know if that's true, but females talk about their feelings. So I think it's a little bit more difficult for somebody um, maybe that is a little more introverted or maybe that is male gender um, or maybe is a lot more private to talk about things that they feel like they should be able to handle inside. So when I saw Joe's Instagram uh, a page, I was very excited because I was hoping to find um, someone that would be willing to be on this podcast. And um, he just kind of fell right into my lap. And so I'm super thankful that you're here. And I'm super thankful that you're excited about talking about this, because I think, you know, some of the the people and um, personalities that don't feel like they can talk about it are going to be very inspired by you. So Joe, I'm going to kind of let you take it from here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm a single dad, got two children. Um, love being a dad. I had my 13 year old ask me to teach him how to shave yesterday, which (laughs) I found, uh, quite like a rite of passage. Is the 13 year old your uh, youngest or your oldest? uh, He is my youngest. Yeah. I have an older daughter. Um, great kids. I just, I love being a father. I didn't really think I was going to, I never really wanted kids and it's the best thing I ever did. I just, it's just been, uh, there's something about putting somebody else in front of you and being part of big, being a part of something bigger than yourself. That just is very satisfying. And you know what? I have to say that all the time because obviously the people I work with, um, come out of relationships that aren't always that great. And we always can think back and go, Oh, if I would have just never met them. And then I always have to come back. Yeah, but we wouldn't have our kids and that would be awful. So to me, it was worth it that I'm thinking you're thinking the same thing. Yeah, it was definitely life changing. (laughs) Big adjustment. (laughs) So how is it? I mean, I kind of told them how you came to be on the podcast, but tell us a little about, of why, um, I sucked you into this podcast. Like, how are you associated with the toxic relationships that, um, you know, that encompasses my mission? Well, I think most of my relationships, uh, I mean, I'm single, so obviously they haven't worked out. And at some (laughs) point you have to uh, start really taking a hard look at yourself. 
and me being the common denominator in all of them, you know, I started to look at my patterns and I tried to break them as best as I could. And uh, in August, I had a, um, a repressed memory that I had no idea was there come out. And what I had realized was that I've just been living in shame and um, low self-esteem, never really feeling good about myself. And ever since then, it was all it's all been about coming out of hiding. And it's very difficult for me. I post um, very personal things on Instagram and I still find it very difficult to do it. But I the only way I know how to heal now is to come out of hiding and learning how to accept who I am and putting myself out there. It was very difficult. It's still difficult. I get a lot of good feedback. Um, you know, I sit there with my thumb on the phone every time I have to post something. I'm like, you can't do this, can you? And I'm like, yeah, you can. And uh, that's it. It just kind of started off small with a couple of little ones. And now I've just been writing a lot and I'm getting a lot of feedback. Mm -hmm. And it's just been, uh, it's been a very good healing process. Yeah, I think, you know, I think, um, I think the shame thing is bigger than we think it is, you know, because it's the, we can stuff so much stuff down for so long that we don't, we don't realize we carry shame because we feel like if we ignore it, nobody else can see it. Um, so that's, I think too, it, it took me a long time to talk about it. And then finally I wrote my story horribly very vaguely because I was still kind of scared in a book. And it was like, it was like, just kind of when you say you started posting it, I could, it, it like opened the floodgates and I, I got it, pushback from friends and pushback from people who didn't think I should be talking about it. Have you had any of that? Yeah. Especially being a guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking a lot of heat from, uh, you know, other guys that I know. I had that account for a while. So there's a lot of people I've known since kindergarten and, and throughout life. And it was this big change. And I, I could see people scratching their heads. You know, I run into them at places and they're kind of looking at me a little funny. Um, you know, I hear the comments, you know, man up, you know, what are you doing? And I just I can't wear that mask anymore. You know, I, I put on a mask and to mask the shame and pretended that I was more than I was and better than I was. And I always just never felt right inside. And what I write and how I speak now, it's kind of matches up to who I really am and getting rid of the judgment from people looking in at me has been very difficult and I still feel it. Um, I'm getting better at it, but it's, it's difficult. And people, you know, you play a role, you know, I always had a role in my family and my friends and in my life. And it wasn't me. It was just not to be abandoned, um, to be looked at in a way that I wanted to mm -hmm. be looked at. I wanted that positive mirroring face, but it took so much energy to keep that um, facade. Up. Yes that at one day, you know, after August, my whole world kind of crumbled and I just looked at my entire life backwards and I realized that I was just, I'd been living a lie and it took so much energy to, to live that lie. And I just wasn't happy and, you know, kind of bottoming out and spending the last almost year kind of reflecting and, and writing and putting myself out there um, has really helped. And I think the best part about it is, the feedback that I get from people and, and how grateful they are and how much they say that it helps them, that I feel like it's just kind of passing through me now. 
and I'm just this vehicle for it. So I'm taking the humiliation and the embarrassment and the judgment, and I'm just kind of pushing it to the side because there's something greater there. Yeah, definitely. And I do think that it's freeing. And the and the more you feel free, the more you want to do it because that's how I felt. And I know people, of course, know that I'm a chiropractor and they find out that I'm doing this and they're like, what in the world? And I literally post on my coaching social media sites five or six times a day. And I honestly don't think I've been on my chiropractic site in two years. I think my admin does that. So if that doesn't tell you where passion is, but I was just like you, it just, it just keeps coming. And when I start telling part of my story that I feel like, Oh, I don't know if I should say this. I have to go back to yes, but there's somebody out there that needs to hear it. And I think that's where your Instagram is. That's what's inspiring you through your Instagram too. Somebody might benefit from it. It's, it's what I need to tell myself. It's what I need to hear. It's how I'm forgiving myself. And in the process of that, other people are benefiting. And that actually is fueling me more than anything. I've, I've always had a good relationship with my children. Um, I haven't been good at many things in life, but being a father was one of the things I feel like I'm strong at. And the relationship in the past year since I've been going through all this has just... Um, it catapulted and the the level of empathy and seeing things from a different perspective has made my relationship with my children even stronger and deeper and better. So it's, there's the big drawback is the, the losing of people in your life that were there because they knew you one way and now you don't speak to them the same way and they don't speak to you the same way and the judgment and, you know, putting such deep words out, Mm -hmm. out there and feeling so (laughs) transparent where I have no mask and no armor. I find one of the most difficult things to do, but it's also the most rewarding. And, you know, the last couple of nights or a couple of weeks, I've been going to the beach at night for sunset. I've taken pictures and just writing and it's kind of been the highlight of my day, just connecting with nature and connecting with myself. Right. And discovering who you are. Yeah, well, you, you, I didn't really have an identity. You know, I had this role that, you know, this is Joe and this is the way he is and this is how people know him and this is what they expect. And if I showed up other than that guy, people would, you know, they're like, what's wrong? And it's, I don't want to be that anymore. So finding out who you are and building a foundation within yourself and boundaries, <laughs> boundaries is a tough one for me. And, you know, saying no and having people judge you for what you're doing and what you're saying and not letting it cripple you to the point where you get into a shame spiral that you can't seem to get out of that. That's what I find most difficult now, but it gets easier and it's going to get to a point where I'll, I'll completely own it and it won't even be an issue. And, and it, it does definitely get that way. Um, I felt now this, this was something I know that I kind of went through, but you know, when I was in it and I didn't really know exactly I knew something was wrong, but I couldn't really put my fingers on it because I was getting the blame and I was taking the blame. And I felt like when I was in it, before I started telling my story, I really felt like I was a victim of something, you know, (laughs) but it wasn't like, oh, I'm a victim of abuse. Like I didn't picture it that way. I pictured it like, I can't believe that I'm, I'm a good person. How did I get in this position? My life is never going to be any better, you know? And I was in this blab, yuck thing, space. And then when I started 
doing this and getting feedback from people on, I'm so thankful that you, you know, you post this stuff because it like pulled me right out of the victimhood because I was made for a better, a higher purpose. You know, everything I went through was for something bigger and it made me go, oh, that makes total sense then. And you're starting to experience that. Exactly. And, you know, you know, I was there's a term a fish doesn't know it's in water until you take it out of water. I didn't know I was a victim until after that August event last year. And I had nobody owned the victim role better than I did. And, you know, I was going to be the best worst. Nobody had it as bad as me. Nobody, you know, feels as bad as I do. And you don't realize you're in that victim role. It's just, it becomes your identity and it is every ounce of your (laughs) being. You are just a victim and you have no idea until something takes you out of it. And once you realize that that's the role you've been playing, you can't play it anymore. I'm going from victim to surviving to survivor to teacher and at any given moment during the day, I'm in one of those roles, but I'm shifting so far away from victim and so much closer to teacher. It's just been this amazing transformation. It's it, The way I got out of the victim role was, I call it original pain work. I actually go to those traumatic events in my life and I feel the feelings as an adult and I sit with them. And I allow that all the, the, the terrible feelings that I have come to me because I've avoided them my whole life. I would do anything to avoid a feeling. And now out of the victim role, all I'm doing is like, give me the bad feelings. Let me feel them. Let me process them. Let me be done with them. And then I just feel 10,000 pounds lighter emotionally. Yeah. And you know what? You're, you're doing something different than I did uh, because you're, really wanting to process the feelings you're really going okay let's just process them let's feel them let's get them out okay what i did is i was continually stuffing them down and pretending it never happened well right they eventually come out and the sad thing is where they come out is when you find your safe place so when i found the man that i'm married to now and i started feeling safe and i started feeling happy then that stuff started oozing out and you have found a way to channel it. And I did not until I figured out what was going on. And then I really had to do the work to make sure that I, like you do, just process it, understand what the trigger is, understand what you're feeling, understand why you're feeling it, because I would just steamroll people. You know? Yeah, you you do anything to avoid feelings. You know, you can drink them, you can drug them, you can work them, you can sex them, whatever right. it is. You're just avoiding the pain, the original pain, because somewhere inside of you, your heart, your soul, your subconscious, whatever you want to call it, knows that you couldn't handle it back then. I, and it remembers. Yes, and I do think you, you're so numb to feelings for so long that when you start feeling them, it's very uncomfortable. It's overwhelming. Yeah, and so you just want to get away from them. Like, and like you said, I mean, we cover them up and we learn to cope. And until you realize well, they have to come out, it's, you know, it's just more, I like to say casualties yeah, so, because when it happened to me, it was a, temp, it was a, it was a 36 year old's temper tantrum is what it was. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you just keep putting it in the sack and one day that sack fills up and you just explode and you, you end up to become a walking reaction through your whole life. And what I found was every addiction fails you. 
eventually. It is a savior at the beginning. It takes you away from it. It makes you feel euphoric. You do not feel the pain. The voices and the thoughts stop, but eventually it fails. And I have tried everything on this planet to make this go away. And the only thing that worked was sitting with Mm -hmm. it and facing it and going through it. And now I'm welcoming, you know, little wrinkles in my life where I feel uncomfortable because it's just another uh, another experience for growth. And once you learn how to deal with certain situations, you don't fear them anymore. And you know how to deal with them. And life just gets so much easier. It's not an easy process. Going back and reliving stuff that you don't ever want to think about has been the most difficult thing I've ever done. But it's it's been the most free. Well, and I love, I'm a, I'm a big visual person. So I love the fact that you just said you're stuffing them in a sack. And eventually the sack gets too heavy to carry. So how do you, how do you lighten your sack? Well, you got to start, yeah, start taking <laughs> shit out of there, right? And- You know, so I love that because I've never visualized that, but you're the the sack gets too heavy to carry around. It does. And my sack has been full for so long that it was like, I stubbed my toe and I would be like out of my mind. The people like you just stubbed your toe. And it's like, no, it's not really the toe. It's, you know, the 30 years of stuff I've been carrying that I haven't really offloaded yet. So, you know, it could be too windy. It could be raining, whatever it was. It was just, I would just react And now when you have that space within you where you're not filled with emotional trauma, you can actually process things as they come in, in in a more humane way. And so much of this, you know, I just is, is forgiveness of yourself. I can't tell you how much, how much I beat myself up for so long. And now the just learning how to forgive myself has been one of the biggest healers. And the other thing I kind of want you to, to tell me, because I process things probably different than you and you process things different than the next person. So what did, what do you find that has helped? You said like your journaling and your writing and like, did you have to dig to find hobby, the hobbies you liked and what made you happy or what have you found just in case there's somebody out there that's looking for something that might help them process the feelings? It's funny. I never knew what I liked. I just would, I was just trying to stay three steps ahead of bad feelings and anxiety. So I was constantly on the run from this to that. You know, it was just something different all the time. And then one day I ran out of stuff to to make me feel better outside of myself. And I sat for like a year and a half trying to figure it out. And I was I was absolutely miserable. I couldn't get off the couch. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you stop running from them, they start to surface and slowly over time, more and more stuff came out until I had that big thing in August where it just all came to a head. And being alone has been uh, big for me. I, I, I go into I go into Manhattan at least once a week and I go down by myself and I take my camera. I, I found out that I love photography. I don't know how to use my camera, but I, I take it out. And You'll I figure it, it out. Um, and figure it out. And I go and I listen to music and it just, I give myself one Thursday. But what I was doing for about a year was going out by myself and trying different things to see what stuck because I was a, a complete shell of a human being. I had no, I didn't know what I liked or what I wanted because everything that I had done was just to um, push down feelings or stay mm-hmm. away from the feelings. So I started to find things that I really truly enjoy 
And, you know, I did the one thing. I, I went and started taking pictures. And then I started going to listen to music. And then I started hiking. So I started, after trying 35 things, three things stuck. And now there's my foundation. So I make sure that I do those things because they feed my soul. They make me feel good. And I slowly start going and exploring on my own and find other things. And, you know, if you build a, a full, happy life, you'll start to attract what you want. But when you don't know what you want, you're just running from feelings. You don't know who right. you are. Right. Um, it's, it's been such a process. <laughs> it is. And I think, I think that's one of the things that I like, I kind of wanted you to, to talk about and you've done a great job because we want it over right now. We want to be better. We want to be healed. We don't want the triggers. We want to figure out who we are. And it's hard to remember. We didn't get like this overnight. Yes. I have a saying, it's like water dripping on a rock. So when I moved out of my old life into my new one, I just visualized putting a rock under the faucet and let it drip. And eventually it's going to make an impression, but it's going to take mm -hmm. time. I want that soft, cushy, you know, smooth rock right now. The thing's real jagged and the water's still dripping on it, but it's my rock and it's my comfort. And it, it's, it's, I used to think you could read one book, you'll hear one lecture, you'll write one poem, whatever it is, you'll hear one song, something's going to click and magically all of this is going to go away. It's a way of life. You know, it's, it's like, I heard this analogy a long time ago, there was a, a one legged figure skater, she's never going to win a gold medal, but she's going to be the best damn one legged figure skater on the planet. And you take what you have what you didn't have, you find what feeds you, you build on that, but it's a lifelong process. And it's not poor me, this happened to me. It's, all right, this happened to me. What are we going to do about it? Because we can't sit and be a victim anymore. We have to find what makes us feel good, how we connect, how we come out of hiding and just start living life. It's not one thing. It is a thousand little things that you just start to string together. And before you know it, you're going to wake up with a smile one day here, one day there. And, be, and then you're just going to start to feel good. It's time. It's patience. It is forgiveness. Forgiveness of yourself is huge for me. Yes. And I have, I always have to remind people, you know, slow progress is still progress. So don't mm -hmm. get aggravated if you're not leaps and bounds because Nothing leaves your life until you've learned what it came to teach you. So if your progress slows, then, you know, pay attention. Um, right. I, I used to look at the top of the mountain. I'm like, I got to get to the top of Everest and plant this flag. And then I'd be like, well, I'm not leaving base camp because that's way too much work. I am never going to make it. And now it's like, you know what? No, we're just I may never get to put that flag up there, but I'm just going to keep climbing because the view gets better the higher you yep. go. And, 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 you know, I hear that all the time. I should have never left because it got worse after I left or, you know, but everything is cyclic and everything builds on, on each other. How, how many things did you try that you didn't like before you found the stuff you liked? Oh my God. <laughs> a lot. A lot. And you didn't I, give up because I, a lot of people are like, well, I tried this and I tried that and I'll just stay home. But you, you have to make was... yourself keep going, don't you? 
you have to force yourself to get off the couch, take a shower, get out and just go somewhere, pick a place and see if it speaks to you. If you don't know who you are and what you like, just keep doing it. And the hard part for me was being alone and doing it alone because I felt bad about who I was to begin with. And then I was doing these things on my own and I'm like, well, that even worse. feels worse. You know, now I'm doing, so- I don't even have anybody to do things with anymore, but that's what you have to do. What I had to do. I had to be alone with myself, figure out what I want. And everybody know all the people who know me know what I do, where I go. And they're like, Oh, I want to go. I want to I'm like, I go every Thursday, every Saturday, call me if you want to go. My phone doesn't ring. They still just stay in their closed little world and they're happy there. You know, big fish, little pond. And that's good. I just want to go and do and be, but you can't give up. Eventually you will find what you love. And when you do, like, I love my writing. I love my photography. I love listening, going down and listen to the blues. And and now I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but so you know, you said that you're noticing that the people that used to be in your life are now not around as much. Um, but I think you're also finding that you're putting the energy out there that you know who you are and you're putting the energy out there that, hey, I actually kind of like Joe. Like this guy, Joe's not so bad. And you're starting to make new friends and you're starting to attract the type of people who are who are going to be very healthy for you in your life. Do you feel like that? I have. Yes, I have. You know, yeah, I still have my old friends and they'll always be dear and I still hang out. It's a different path with with a lot of them. The people that I'm starting to meet have been absolutely amazing. I have some really good relationships that I, I like never before. And it's I used to try to fit in. Mm-hmm. I just belong. I just belong now. It's it's a, it's a, such a different feeling of trying to fit in or wanting to fit in or I just belong. And the group of people that I have come together with now, we're all kind of on the same path. And we get each mm-hmm. other and it's really nice. It is. And, and you don't have to explain yourself and you don't have to defend yourself all the time. The conversations are a lot shorter because you just, you kind of just get it. Yep. And, you know, we start finishing each other's sentences and we know what we're thinking. And instead of like having to recite a paragraph to explain myself, it's, it's, it's six words. Yep. And it's like, you know, yep. I got it. And then it. you're like, yes, yeah, these are my people. Yeah. I get, yeah. And again, you know, you can have acquaintances all over, but it's, after we've been through the stuff we've been through, it's really nice to have people that get it because we have triggers and there's up and down days. And I think that's important with the people that you connect with now is there needs to be a respect for each other's past past and the path that you're on now. And when people have similar past and they want to get to the same place, you have this understanding between that that's non-judgmental. I could tell, you know, I'm thinking of a certain person. I I could tell her my wackiest stuff in my head and she'll be like, no, I get that. And that is so refreshing because when you're, you know, especially with your group of guys, you can't really get sensitive and go, you know, I have these these emotional feelings right now. And I'm kind of like a little off center. And and they're like, dude, stop, shut up. Well, and that right there was one of the reasons I, of course, wanted you on the podcast, too, because. There's other guys out there like you that feel like they shouldn't say anything about emotional feelings. It's very hard for men. We are taught not to access those feelings, not to go to them. And, you know, I grew up a kind of rough crowd, rough town. And 
you did not, you know, there's a lot, it was like a Neanderthal mm-hmm. kind of right. mentality and that's kind of how you grow up. So you, you know, the first time you say something sensitive at 11 and you get smashed for it, you learn not to do yeah, that. Yeah, you're again. dead. And that's, but that's, you know what? Gender doesn't know emotions. Gender doesn't know abuse. Gender doesn't know trauma. You know, we're all just souls looking for the same thing. You know, we, we want to love ourselves. We want to be loved and we want to give love. But being a guy, that goes against every rule. And you learn to stuff that instinct down. And I think the hardest thing, I I said it before, for me is to be sensitive and be emotional and be real and be genuine and take the criticism and not let it bother me. And, you know, I was wearing this old skin, this old mask, and I, I feel completely exposed and vulnerable but what I'm finding out is when I'm getting that judgment back, I don't re I react actually less now than I did when I was wearing that mask because it's authentic. Right. And I can say, no, I don't need to be tough. I don't need to be cool. I just need to be whatever I am at the moment. And, you know, even saying this, any guy that's going to hear it, especially if one of my friends hears it, like uh, I know it's going to come back to me at some point. But but, tough, but I you this know, is. Nobody's walking in my shoes but exactly. me, so I better make this as real as possible. And and I I am surprised how many messages I get from male listeners through the podcast, and how many messages I get on social media from males and people um, them asking me if they are if they're allowed to participate in my programs and if I work with males. And um, so uh, that's why I wanted you on here because they they need a voice. And um, it, I think that by yeah. listening to you step out there and say that, um, I think it's it's going to be a huge deal. Um, uh, yeah, the gender thing is tough when it comes to toxic relationships and abuse and trauma. You know, I have a friend and we, we were talking about this the other day. It's it, it's not a gender thing. It's a soul mm-hmm. thing. We just put rules around the gender. We really, truly want the same thing. We just have to get below um, the society pressures and the the gender Mm -hmm. roles to get below it and i mean this is who i am this is who i've always been i just pretended that it wasn't i wasn't this and it's really hard wearing this out there but i have no choice anymore and i the rest of my life i'm gonna i'm gonna do this because i have to i have to constantly keep myself well and i think that you you are feeling like i felt about five years ago it's starting to put a little bit of meaning to your past because if you can just inspire somebody (laughs) and if you can just help somebody and just be the person that you needed when you were going through it, I mean, that makes you go, Oh, well, that's why I went through it. And it, it, it makes you embrace your past as not shameful. And I, I think that was where, you know, I had people, um, kind of up against me when I decided I was going to start doing this and, you know, making me feel like I shouldn't talk about it. And, um, you know, I don't think people should know you've been through that. And so I kind of backed off for about six months. And finally I was like, you know what, this is like a tidal wave and, and something is making me want to do this. And I can't worry about the naysayers. I love it. I love it. And that's it. We, we, you know, depression is just not being able to express yourself without judgment. And we all just need to express who we are and be who we are. And there's too much pressure from the outside to be what everybody else is being or what you're, 
what you think you're supposed mm-hmm. to be. When you're different than other people, it makes them very uncomfortable. Yes, very. You, they want you to be what they are and, and stick together like a tribe. And, you know, you got to be your own yep. tribe. Yeah, and if you can't find it, you, you start one. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah. what, no, what, I'm right what with plans you. do you have for like your future going forward from here? What, what else are you going to do? Or do you have other things you're going to try or, or you don't know, you're just winging uh, it? Well, I, I'm really, I don't want my life to feel like what I went through was a waste. Like if I take it to the grave, I'm really doing it the universal Absolutely. disservice. So I'm starting to feel like all of this is just, I'm just a vehicle. It's passing through me and I need to give it away to keep it. Um, I speak um, at trauma centers now. I, um, I'm continuing to write and I'm getting more involved in um, other people's recovery in that way. I'm just, I'm speaking and coming out of hiding and shining light on my darkness and other people if they benefit, that's great. And I'm finding a lot of joy in the the faces, looking at people's faces. When you go into a room and you tell people your worst stuff and they come up to you and yeah. thank you, that's 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 different yeah. for me. You know, like usually it's like we don't talk about that. We're just going to pretend we're all happy. And it's like, but I'm not really happy. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, that's that's kind of the road I'm on now. And um, I'm just every day I just feel more empowered. And this this is my path. And this is. This is the area I want to get into. And when I'm more comfortable coming out of hiding um, with it and more confident with it, because it's still Mm kind of new, you know, I want to just, you know, videos or podcasts or whatever it takes to get the word out. Well, and and this is this is my belief. Our story is something we tell when somebody else needs hope. Period. Mm -hmm. Um, And I found that telling my story has been a lot of part of the healing for me. And that's what I encourage in my clients and we do that in the group programs. And um, yes, I kind of have embraced the same thing that you did as far as, you know, I went through the whole thing and now I'm a teacher. And I think it's funny because right. that's all I ever wanted to be when I was little was be a teacher. But um, I am going to guess that we may, I may get some, um, maybe some questions or, you know, some feedback on this particular episode. So we may have a sequel, you know, coming up if I end up getting okay. questions, but um, I appreciate you being on tonight and I, this will not be the last time uh, we have talked about a couple things in the future already. So I'm hoping that um, I can get some good feedback on stuff that maybe you can attend, you know, that I'm putting on because, um, because I'm a female, people assume that, that that's what I do. And I would really like to get it moving forward a little bit so that, not that I don't work with males because I do, but I want males that want to be worked with to feel more comfortable coming forward. And that is, you know, a, a big part of what I'm trying to get done in the next you know, year or so. So I really appreciate you uh, coming on here and I hope everything goes good. I'll be in touch and I'm sure that um, we'll see each other soon. Okay, great. I appreciate the time. Thank you for having yes, me I'll on. I'll talk to you later, Joe. All right. Take care. A big thanks to Joe for being on the podcast today. I know um, it was a big step for him, and so I'm very proud of him. 
I think you should check out his Instagram. His Instagram is Joe Ryan, and he has a website, which is joeryan.com. The thing I think I like about his Instagram page is he writes from the point of the people involved in the relationships. And I just thought it was a very unique way of doing it. He incorporates some of his photography into um, into his feed. And it really uh, grabbed my eye the day that I saw it. And so joeryan.com is the website and Joe Ryan is his Instagram. And I appreciate you, Joe, for being on here. And I hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. Thank you for listening to It's Not Normal, It's Toxic. If your life is being affected by a toxic relationship, visit coachingwithdrheidi.com and take our free toxicity profile analysis or schedule a personalized consultation with Dr. Heidi. You can also follow us on Instagram at coachingwithdrheidi or join our private Facebook group at Strength Within. Take your first step to freedom today. And remember, it's not normal, it's toxic.